0: This is it's always game day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata.
1: We are back on it's always game day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata, Mike, how are you doing?
0: I'm recovering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not terrible anymore. I I got over it after one day. I think so. This probably wasn't as bad as the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm not like completely over it. I'm still a little mad. And if you ask me who I'm rooting for, it's totally the Eagles right now. But uh, I'm getting there. Um, I'm not devastated anymore. I think it's the big one.
1: Yeah, I think there's so many different feelings. I You bring up a good comparison because obviously the Super Bowl is still pretty fresh a year later, uh, that loss. And then thinking about this one and and again, I'm not we're not going to get into the officiating, how it all ended, all that craziness or anything like that. We talked about that after the game, but just how close they were again with those opportunities to possibly go back to back Super Bowls. So, yes, that bothers you a little bit, but at the end of the day, you look back on it. This team went to the Super Bowl last year. They go to the NFC title game this year. Um, Still feel like the future is extremely bright, and those contracts have not hit yet. Uh, You still have a lot of your stars returning. We'll get into more of what the free agent outlook looks like. Uh, but one of the things I wanted to focus on, and we have talked about it plenty on the podcast, and you can kind of go back to that Kansas City game. Not the Buffalo so much because the backups definitely stepped up. You're without your three offensive linemen. And if you compare kind of where you were in the Super Bowl to where you are in the AFC title game, it really did come down to your offensive line. And if you had just maybe one or two more guys healthy, this team is is going back to the Super Bowl. And you could say in the Super Bowl, this team is is possibly winning a ring with with one extra healthy lineman.
0: Yeah, I think we both had the knee-jerk reaction. Uh on monday's podcast what's the biggest need we both said offensive line i think just because the wound was fresh and we saw what happened in 2021 happen again and that's that's what stunk it was just like the offensive line failed like that's 42% pressured and he was at 2.5 something time to throw like Mahomes was also pressured a lot but he was I think over three seconds on his time to throw so he was waiting to get that pressure it didn't really feel like he was getting pressure that's the thing when that pressure was coming fast when Chris Jones and Mike Dana and Carlos Dunlap even was getting there and Frank Clark and all these guys are getting there and just owning the line of scrimmage it felt like they couldn't do anything because there was even run plays where i the Chris Jones is the big one that sticks in your mind, where he destroys Max Sharping on a power play and makes the makes the tackle at the handoff, basically, and then somehow Mixon's able to only make it a loss at two. But it was just, oh my goodness, this is this offensive line is a disaster, and it's the one, it's one of the ways that the Chiefs. I don't want to say it's one of the only ways, but it was one of the ways the Chiefs could really slow down this Bengals offense was Chris Jones' masterclass, and then to go with that. The Bengals still tried to double and triple him the entire time. They always were sliding to him or trying to keep the tackle tight or whatever. Didn't matter. He was beating those. And then when you do that, you give advantageous angles to the other rushers, and those guys were just smoking the other players. It was it was very rough. And then the worst part was uh, the Chris Jones sack to end the game. Oh, I hated the protection call. There was no help for Hakeem Adeniji on the right side there. They slid away from him, and they didn't give him a chip. It was basically like what you would do if you had Lane Johnson over there, (laughs) but it was a backup right tackle, Um, so he predictably lost. (laughs) Backup right tackle that struggles against power, going against Chris Jones, who's like 300 pounds of pure muscle and explosive get off. So that stunk. Um, I have gone back and watched the offense. I have not watched the defense yet. Plan on doing that soon. No content this week. Uh, just I don't think people are gonna read it. I, I just I'm just get that out of the way. I don't. Who's gonna go back tomorrow or today? I guess when you're listening and read about why they lost the AFC chip. People know. People are fine. They're like, we know the offensive line stunk. We know what happened.
1: Well, I think one of the things, and, and we talked about it on Sunday night's podcast. And and when when I hear that conversation start I heard it today in a group chat where it was like when Joe Burrow th- threw for a first down on the third and sixteen you thought deja vu, this team is going down the field to kick the game winning field goal, or they're going to win by a touchdown, even though the offensive line has been pretty bad the whole entire game. You look at Joe Burrow's fourth and sixth throw, which I wish we were putting on loop and highlight right now, because I think that's one of the throws you look back on and say, "Whoa, this is why you draft Jamar Chase, and you thank God that uh, Joe Burrow is your quarterback, because that took some guts at the beginning of the fourth quarter. But overall, you know i i do think the reaction is i think a national reaction to the offensive line is oh cincinnati still has a bad offensive line or you know you got to protect joe burrow you got to, of course they have to protect joe burrow but I felt like they did okay with the moves they made in the offseason. You want Lyle Collins to work out. Alex Capo was one of their best offensive linemen. I love Ted Karras out there at center and Jonah Williams. He still has to play better, but I'm not down on Jonah next year with the fifth year option. I, I just think that, of course, if you had a few of those guys, this is a whole different game plan. There were opportunities for Cincinnati. The Hayden Hurst touchdown that he should have ca- he should have caught, Mike Hilton interception in the red zone, didn't catch that one. And this is where you're at in a game where you know you did have those opportunities. I heard Rich Eisen actually say it best. He's like, "You have to play better than the refs ref a game." Um, and and those and those opportunities were missed for for this team, and that's unfortunate. But I'm just not as down on the offensive line blueprint picture what they had going into the 2022 season i don't think i can hammer their front office and say you didn't do enough and to be completely honest with you i don't trust the front office when it comes to picking out offensive line talent in the draft
0: but it's on the table it's on the table with the first round pick and the second round pick i think tackle is what's on the table with those first two picks you could theoretically upgrade left guard but i don't think they will and i think they're fine with volson i thought volson was okay as a rookie he got he got walloped in the championship game but he did the walloping in the divisional round so mm-hmm. give and take with a rookie late fourth round pick it it happens uh, you want to see improvement next year to make sure he has that spot solidified but i think he has that spot this year i think you theoretically could upgrade but just communication there's a whole bunch of stuff to go with that he should get better i think it's fine to have him stay at left guard um the tackle spots i think jonah's set at left tackle next year i don't think collins is set at right tackle and that's partially due to how he played although he got better towards the end um, it was actually kind of a roller coaster. It started really bad, and then it got a little bit better, and then it got a little bit worse, and then it got a little bit better. <laughs> so, But he, he never had a game like what Adenogy had uh, in the championship game. Um, Adeniji went from I think he's a solid swing tackle to might, be. Uh, might not make the team next year. <laughs> I think Carmen showed a little bit more than he did uh, in the playoffs there. But, yeah, the reason Collins, you don't know if he's ready for the start of next year. He yeah, a late ACL tear. Uh, what was that December? It was snowing and cold. I, it was I Christmas
1: it. the day before Christmas. It was Christmas Eve, I think.
0: Oh, yeah, it was. It was Christmas Eve. I remember where I was now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Christmas Eve. So that's pretty late in the year. And even if he is ready to start the year, is he ready ready? Or is it like when Trey Hopkins was ready to start the year and he kind of st- he kind of stumped for a little bit there. So I don't I'm not opposed to drafting the offensive tackle in the first or second round. Um just because you have insurance. I think for the right side, uh, if you're gonna to try to draft one for this year. But and also Carmen has experience on the left side. I think he's done enough to make the team next year. I don't think he's done enough to start next year. So you you now have a backup on each side, maybe. Um, if you could find a right tackle at like pick. Where are they 28, 29? I don't know. 29. Uh, 29. Okay. I, I picked 29. Uh, you have you could find a right tackle and one that could theoretically start right away, just in case Collins isn't ready, but waiting in the wings. You need a left tackle of the future, because I'm not sure after two games, that's Carmen. Uh, but and I'm not fully opposed to them drafting one in the first round, but I would like somebody who might contribute early on, but Yeah, that's right with the offensive line. You could also get somebody in free agency. My take on free agency has changed where I didn't think they were going to spend much money. And now I'm thinking, why not make a big splash? Just one, I think. But, like, they are fully in position. My guy right now that I'm thinking is Javon Hargrave for the Eagles. He's awesome. He's a great pass yeah. rusher. What were they missing to me? What were they missing in that championship game? A pass rush. It felt like I was the only one getting consistent pressure and their second best pass rusher in that game was the nose tackle. You don't want that. <laughs> so you get a Javon Hargrave and you're able to get consistent pressure. It takes a lot of pressure off of Trey Hendrickson as well, who got so much attention from them because he was, he normally was able to beat Orlando Brown quite a bit in these games, but they gave chips every single snap pretty much. And he is not the type to be able to take that late chip and do what Miles Garrett can do with it, where he just spins off of the contact and does freak stuff to get the sack still. He's more the type that wants to run through somebody. So when he takes that chip, it kind of just takes it on the body and keeps trying to rush forward. Um, Didn't work out. So that's there. But if you have a Javon Hargrave on the opposite side or same side, it just, it makes you think because remember what was the big deal with the Rams? It was that they had Donald and Von Miller. This wouldn't be Aaron Donald and Von Miller, it would, but it's the same idea. Put one on each side. Who are you going to help? Um, If you're going to help to the tackle, then Hargrave has a one-on-one. If you're going to help to Hargrave, then Hendrickson has a one-on-one. So if you trust those guys to win those matchups, then I think it helps a lot. I think that you could add either edge or interior defensive line, but I just think it would be easier fit. If you got like a hard grave, it would cost a lot of money. He's 30 plus. You probably do like a three-year deal. That's really a two-year deal and you can cut him before you got to start paying real money to people. Because remember that the extension to burrow and chase and Higgins and stuff doesn't kick in for a few years. I think 2025 or 2026 is when the window uh, gets more difficult. So why not make the push? Why not just push all the, chips in for the next two years. That's what I think I would do.
1: Yeah, I think this front office mindset has changed since 2020. You can go to March of 2020, a month before they drafted Joe Burrow, with the moves that this team has made. And I think that's a great idea. You you have to invest in that pass rush. And you bring up a good point. What did you see in the Super Bowl? What do you see from this Eagles team? You can credit the Chiefs Mm -hmm. when you look at a guy like Chris Jones and what they've been able to do, the pressure on the quarterback. You truly get a Lombardi when you have trenches when you have the protection and you have the defensive side of the line. And that's one thing that I think we're really going to see and what's going to be a big difference in the Super Bowl game for the Philadelphia Eagles versus Kansas city is just, you know, who wins those trenches. And I I feel like it's going to be Philly, but we'll get into what that looks like next week at the same time. uh, Why not? What, what if it is one guy, you bring up a really good point. You know who he is. You need to see it, it. Developing guys in a draft is hard because you truly don't know if they're going to be good at the NFL level. I think Cincinnati's front office has done a phenomenal job going back to 2020, you could say 2021, and just this past year alone. Well, we'll see more of what that looks like from the production side next year with Dax Hill starting. And, you know, maybe Tyson Anderson is someone who, you know, gets a full off season. He isn't injured and, and his first real season in the NFL is going to be next year. So I, I, I like that. And I think that your mindset has to be, let's, let's, start early in this still I, I, I know it's Joe Burrows. It's going to be his fourth year next year, but it doesn't feel like Joe Burrows fourth year because of the rookie year injury. Uh, it really does feel like you're going into year three with this quarterback doesn't work that way when it comes to his rookie contract. Um, But you have to be smart about it. I still feel like on the offensive side, you're not losing a whole lot of, of people. You do have a decision to make on Lyle Collins. Let me ask you this, though. We'll stay with the offensive line. We, we, you mentioned Hakeem Adenogy, and I agree with you. I thought maybe this guy would possibly be back next year as a depth piece, and, and maybe that's what we see in camp, and they decide to do that as a backup. But at the same time, Jackson Carmen in the last few games, you went back and watched the tape. Did Jackson look okay compared to what we saw with the rest of the offensive line?
0: I, I don't think anybody looked good in that game.
1: Yep. much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, I, did he look better than Adanji? Yeah. Did he look good? No. That um, just, they all struggled. They all had their struggles. It was disappointing. <laughs> you don't, you don't have that type of offensive line performance if there's guys playing well, in my opinion, I think everybody struggled. And I mean, like Kara's probably the least. He also had the easy, easier job. And how much do you detract for a guy who can't, who's getting beat when he's trying to do a double team? Like, I feel like maybe you, subtract a little bit more i don't grade though so like i just watch and develop my feelings about it doing so um but i mean i think he was he wasn't good but it was better than what identity or sharping gave you for sure i think it was better than what volson gave you too he might have been the second best but it was just second best in that game it's like a four out of ten three and a half out of ten like still not good (laughs)
1: Joe Burrow, man, him to get off any passes in that game is pretty incredible with with the timing he had and just, just taking all the pressures and sacks. Um, absolutely brutal, but, you know, he always gets back up and he throws for an incredible pass. But when it comes to Jackson, I felt like we were in an agreement early on in most of the season that they'd probably move on with, from him this offseason. What do you think now?
0: I don't think you do. I could see it, but I don't think you do. I think he did enough um, – and showed that he can actually be i i i'm scared to say it but a decent backup uh after those two games if he can play at the same level he played those two games that's that's a decent backup that's fine <laughs> so you kind of keep him around he's cheap uh you're probably not gonna find one more bang for your buck there uh so i would think he's back but i wouldn't say it's a lock i just think i think he did enough to earn a spot on the team next year my issue in my mind is he could back up left tackle. I've never seen him play right tackle and he seemed to have a real big issue switching inside. And I know it's a big issue to try to switch sides and he's not even, he's never been good with his feet. So <laughs> switching sides on that, I feel like it'll get worse, um, but I don't know. Can he be a swing tackle? Maybe he works on right tackle stuff all off season. Cause the thing you know about, a lot of swing tackles is that they can play both sides. You think of when I think of swing tackle, I think of, um, Billy Turner is like the first guy was like, you can play right tackle and left tackle more right tackle than left tackle. These guys usually have a preferred side, but they could do either one. Uh, and I'm not sure Carmen can do that. So I still think you keep him either way, just because he's cheap and maybe you do a left tackle and a right tackle as your backups. But yeah, I don't know. I'd keep him, Um, but I don't, I don't think he did enough to steal the job from Jonah Williams, who people seem to hate nowadays.
1: Yeah, I don't like any of that at all. If Jonah was out there, I feel like they would have looked a little bit better. And even, I mean, goodness, if Alex Kappa, it, he would have had one more week. That guy yeah. uh, would have been a difference maker. We saw it in the December game versus Kansas City with Jackson Carmen. I kind of agree with you. It's 50-50 for me right now. But I think their whole plan was yeah they started him at guard first and the possibility of being a future right tackle for them i didn't see it being a left tackle situation i still felt like they believed in jonah williams but look this is it for jonah um i I don't, I don't know what his future looks like in cincinnati but i'm not down on him um he still was a huge part of of this season in the line and if some of these guys don't get injured it's it's a whole different story i feel like um in this title game but we move on there's a couple more questions i want to talk about with the offensive players when it comes to contracts and it's always game day in cincinnati We'll be right back. back.